I am way beyond a fanatic. I'm God-possessed. Get it straight. There ain't a demon on the planet that likes Mark Barclay anymore. If that's you, clap and shout one. Say, I am God-possessed. You better get ready. Did you bring a Bible? Praise God. I hope you're doing good today. I call you blessed. I'm Doc Barkley. Welcome to the broadcast. We work hard, my whole team, my whole church family, to bring you this free of charge. Our partners help us do it. You can become one of those if you want to, or anytime you feel like it, you can sow financially into the ministry here to help just keep pumping out the Word of God. Many people do. You're certainly welcome to. And if you choose to, when the seed comes, when your, when your finances come, I personally pray over it. That's no exaggeration. I personally pray over it and ask God to bless you in return, plus the satisfaction of helping us reach so many people. I'm holding in my hand the series, Ignorant No More. That's what we've been preaching on. That's what the Holy Spirit through Paul said to the church. Let's not be ignorant about spiritual things. We live in a dark, dark day, spiritually, many other ways. And yet it's time to break out and live in the light. And that is not just big talk. Jesus came on purpose to change your life and mine. We're gonna talk about that through this telecast. Get on social media, get on your phone, call, text, tell everybody about this program and get them hooked up to it right now. Here we go, we're gonna to study together and God is going to help us, amen. We've been studying now on this series that really God led us into this. I never intended this to be a series. Normally I study things out and kind of get what I want to do when, uh, but this one just kind of has been developing and I thought maybe I'd teach on it once or twice, but here we are actually doing number eight tonight. Of, of called ignorant no more. And what we've been dealing with is spiritual things, the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, the different kinds of Christians, the spirit realm, how to be spiritual. This is very, very important, and uh, especially in these last days. And this morning, uh, I don't know, I think you ought to get the one from this morning, just give it to everybody, because of the content of the power of the Word of God and the power that's on the anointing of God. And a lot of people, they're, they're living in struggles all the time because they just don't get enough anointing to beat that stuff. Amen. And we talked about being heady and high-minded. That means arrogant. means you're a fathead. Not you personally, but he who is heady. It just means you've studied so much and you know so much that you're just smarter than everybody else. And the Bible says, Paul, when he wrote to Timothy, said they would be heady and high-minded people and that they would be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. And you, you know how you can tell what you love the most? That's what you spend the most time with. A lot, and you can tell if a man loves himself more than his family because he always wants to be alone and away from them. You can tell if a man loves God or loves his, his uh, dog, cat, boat, fishing rod, rifle, because whatever he loves the most, that's, what he, uh, that's where he goes to the quickest, whenever he can break away. And so, you know, if you love God, 
You'll be in His Word. You'll be in prayer talking to Him. You'll chase Him. You'll be in the house of God worshiping Him, presenting the tithe. It's not complicated. It's actually kind of simple. Well, what are we going to deal with tonight, Brother Barclay? Oh, I'm glad you asked because I'm excited about it. And uh, we're going to go to our, our uh, theme verse, Romans 12. Go there, Romans 12. Oops. I'm sorry. Go to Romans 12 and put a bookmark and then go over to 1 Corinthians 12. That's our theme verse. Amen. I'm so glad you're with me. Amen. I'm going to 1 Corinthians 12. I've already put a bookmark in Romans 12. So we're going to study two sets of verses tonight. 1 Corinthians 12, we're about to read that. And then we're going to run to your thumb or your bookmark and deal with Romans chapter 12. And what we're going to find out in Romans 12 is that there are uh, seven gifts that Father God gave the church, and one of them is in you. And we don't want you ignorant about it anymore. Say, ignorant no more. Turn around and tell somebody, say, I'm tired of being ignorant. No more. Okay. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Here we go. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now if you keep reading, which we have done in this series, you're going to go into verse 4 and 5 and talk about, you know, the operations, the administrations, which means ministries. And you're going to talk about the gifts that God, you know, divides as he wills. And then if you keep reading, uh, you're going to go into the gifts of the Spirit, which we dealt with here in the local church on Thursday night past. And we defined what a word of wisdom was and what a word of knowledge was and what discerning of spirit was. And we gave you some definition for that so that you're not ignorant about it anymore. Now I want you to go to Romans 12, and we're going to dig in for a minute about the seven gifts that Father God gave the church. Now, before we actually read this, let me clarify something so you don't get confused, because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is not three people. A lot of church people don't understand this. But the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, our God is one God. Now, you were made in the image of God. What's that mean? You're three parts. When God made the first man, he made him in the same image of himself, the same makeup. He, he, he didn't make him a God, but he made him in the image of, of himself. So a real uh, spirit man, ha, you know, a real Christian, you have a spirit man. In fact, you are a spirit. Technically, you are a spirit born after the spirit of God. You have a soul. What's that do? That helps you communicate on the earth. Whether you're talking to your dog or talking to your friend or thinking life through or making decisions. You've got to have an intellect to survive on the planet and communicate. You've got to have emotions or nothing would ever move you or inspire you or challenge you or make you sad. You have to have touch or feelings. You have to have the senses that's also part of your body and part of your soul. Uh, because without it, you'd put your hand on the hot stove and eventually you wouldn't have a hand because you don't know it hurts. And it would sizzle and burn and then you'd be crippled. And you wouldn't be able to use that hand. So on purpose, God made us a spirit man and woman, but in the spirit there's no male or female. So you're a spirit man. You have a soul. Let me clean that up a little bit. Your soul is made up of your intellect, your ability to reason, your thinking. It is made up of your feelings, 
your emotions. It's made up of a word called volition, which means your willpower. And, and, your, and your ability to choose and flavors, etc. That's your soul. That's your soul. And then you live in a body. So you're a three-part being. Now we find in the scriptures that God is a three-part being. He is the creator. He, um, you know, he is the word. He's, and he is also, of course, a spirit. In fact, the Bible says those that know God or want to recognize him must realize that he is a spirit and he must be spiritually recognized or you might miss him. You might not understand. Even the things of God, the, the Bible says, must be spiritually discerned, which means recognized. Spiritually recognized. What if you're not spiritual? You'll never recognize half of the stuff or seldom recognize most of the stuff that God has in your life. So we want to understand something. That our God, we call him Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Technically, he is, he is the life giver. You know, we call him Jehovah, the life giver. And he, is a, he has a spirit called the Holy Spirit. And he's, he, he is the word, the living word. So he has three parts, just like you have three parts. Actually, you have three parts because you were made by him in his image after his three parts. But just because you have three parts, when I talk to Randy, I know Randy's a spirit. I know he has a soul, and I know he lives in a body, but I don't address him separately. Shut up, Randy's body. I'm talking to Randy the spirit right now. You, Randy's soul, come here. I don't call Nate on the phone and say, uh, and say hey, Nate, uh, let me talk to your soul. But see, people get weird with God. They think that you should separate all this. But God is one God, okay? But uh, as you, it, it, the Bible breaks down the definition of God and the way he functions so that you and I can walk with him. So a lot of the things in the Bible, they are meant to put things, we call it anthropomorphism, is one of the terms that we use in theology. It means we took something that was a divine thing or, or, or a system and we broke it down and we put it in human terms so that humans can understand this term. Like the number one message of salvation is Father God sent his only begotten son. But that almost sounds like he's married in heaven and has kids and, or at least one kid. And, and, and then when Jesus said, I'll pray the Lord send the Spirit. If, if you don't understand this, you think you're serving three different gods, and, and that's not going to work for you. Now all of that, I hope, I hope that didn't make things worse for you. But all of that, we got to understand what I'm about to say, because and, and, I want this in your notes so you're not ignorant about this anymore. The Father has duties. The Father part of our God, to Father us, He's only one God, but the Father part of us has duties. This isn't hard to understand, is it? I have multiple duties in this kingdom. I have to separate them out. Of which we say hat, which hat are you putting on? I, got, I have certain duties in life. I am somebody's friend. I am somebody's pastor. I am, I am somebody's grandpa. I am somebody's dad. Etc. I amen. And so uh, it won't. It's not going to do me any good to father Vicky. I have to husband her. It won't do me any good to try to use husband things on my grandkids. I need to grandpa them. 
and not be their dad and sort it out and be their grandpa instead. Well, the same thing is true with God in his kingdom. So, father, the father part of God fathers us. The Jesus part, he's been given charge of all the church. So, the son of God, that's who you and I seem to relate to the most because he's been given charge of all the church and we are the church. So we fall under his authority. We bear his name as we function here upon the earth. And then there's the great Holy Spirit who has come, the Holy Spirit part of God, who has come to live in us and come to enable us and empower us. Amen. And, uh, and help us be the powerful creatures that, that God our Father wants us to be. Now, we read before, I'm just, you know, I know... I don't want to get off on this, excuse me, but I want you to have this. We read before in 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to read in Romans now, but in 1 Corinthians 12, we read that Father God is in charge of, of uh, certain things when it comes to the, uh, the operations of the church. We found out that Jesus Christ is in charge of the you know, uh, ministries of the church. The, and we, the different ministries, like there's this uh, Mark Barclay ministries, then there's Kenneth Copeland ministries, or there's Living Word Church and its ministries, and, and some other church name. That, that's the, the stuff of the churches under Jesus. Then the gifts of the Spirit, which we've already taught on, the nine gifts of the Spirit are under the Holy Spirit. So we know that even though they're one God, they work together, but they have different responsibilities. But then you do too. Your, your spirit man does not drink water for you to keep you hydrated. Your body does. But your spirit man can stay on the earth if you keep your body hydrated and etc. Now, here, uh, I want you to get this thinking, then we're going to read. The Father part of our God gave seven different gifts to his people. One of them lives in you for sure, without a doubt. The chase of life and the challenge of life as a Christian is to discover which one of these is my primary gift. Which one of these live in me, these divine deposits? Which one lives in me that drives me to do what I do, that motivates me to be the Christian that I am, that, 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 that constantly makes me want to do what I want to do? But leaving that for a moment... We know that the son Jesus, if you want to write this down in Ephesians 4, he gave gifts unto the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, and teacher. We may get into this, we may not in this series. Those five giftings split up among men, humans. Not everybody has these gifts. Very few people out of all of the sea of Christians and the ocean of humanity, very, very few people will become a fivefold minister gift. They're very few. Jesus, when he ascended, he, he gave gifts unto men. He called some, in the Greek language, that means a very, a very few amount, to be an apostle, to be a prophet, to be an evangelist, to be a pastor, and to be a teacher. Now, that's not the kind of teacher like you teach in the youth group or Sunday school. It means you're an authoritative teacher, you know, uh, like, say, a Charles Capps for many years was used by God or, uh, as, a, as a teacher of the Lord. And he traveled from place to place and made a tremendous impact on the body of Christ's teaching, etc. 
Amen? And then we have the nine gifts of the Spirit. So we have the seven gifts of the Father, we have the five gifts of Jesus, and you have the nine gifts of the Spirit. Now, if you ask me, we're pretty powerful so far. Look at all the gifting. Another word for gifting would be to be endued or your endowment. Another gift would be enabled. And in other words, heaven chose you and me, just regular old folks. When you chose Christ, they gifted you. Heaven put something in you. Maybe more than one something, but at least one something that would make you a powerful creature on this planet and a vessel that God could use. Now, with that, let's read Romans 12. Are you with me at all? Yes. Let's read Romans 12. This is all a powerful verse, uh, but I better just cut to the, to the chase here. Let's go on verse 4. Verse 4. Because if I go to verse 3, we're going to talk about heady and high-minded again, because that's what verse 3 talks about. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but we're not going to go to verse 3. We're going to go to verse 4. Because if we go to verse 3, I'm going to talk about fatheads again. <laughs> and I don't want to do that in this service. Do you understand me? Yes. Say yes, Pastor. Yes. Verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Now the word office there means function. We, we don't all have the same function, but we all have a function. Say it. We all do not have the same function, but we all have a, a function. There's something for you to do designed by God no matter who you are. Every born-again Christian has an assignment from God, and he will gift you to do that assignment no matter, yeah, but I haven't been very faithful. That doesn't mean you're not gifted. It means you're not using your gift or your talent for the kingdom. It's in there. You may, you may be guilty of not using it, but don't ever say you don't have one because you do. Let's keep reading. Five. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every members, excuse me, and every one members one of another. That's pretty cool, so easy to understand. We're all part of this big family, this big body of Christ. Verse 6. Having then, oh, look at this, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Now let's read through these a minute, and then we'll come back. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Verse 7, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Verse 8, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. <coughs> and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now let's go back and make a list if you're taking notes. Some of you don't take notes. You get the CD later, I hope, and take notes and study. Let's make a list of the seven gifts that Father God gave the body of Christ because one of these live in you, guaranteed. One, prophecy. Write that down. One, prophecy. Two, ministry. Write down ministry. Three, teaching. Teaching. Four, exhortation, to exhort, 
Five, to give. To actually be, the, your ministry is a giver. We're all to give, but your ministry could be uh, actually gifted to give. Five, ruler. I'm sorry, six, ruler, thank you. Six, ruler means superintendent, supervisor. I think most of the church word would use overseer. Amen. And seven, the shower of mercy. The shower of mercy. Now let's go back and I'll give you a little definition. Is that okay? I'm not boring you, right? But if you don't know what these seven are, how do you know which one's in you? Maybe over the next couple of moments now when I tell you what these are, maybe something will ring true in your heart and you'll say, oh yeah, that's what I'm called to do. Now, now some of you do know this, but some of you don't know this. Amen. Now, what if one of these gifts are in me and I never go to church and I stay home all the time? What, are you going to minister to your horse? Your dog? Your trees? That's why we are members. It starts out, we're members. Active members among each other. These gifts are to help each other, strengthen one another, and bring others in and help them as well. All right? So let's go through our, let's go through our list, and I'll give you a little definition so that you at least understand what they are. What was number one? That does not always mean that you say, thus saith the Lord, and act like you're the prophet of the Lord. Sometimes the word prophecy here means to, actually the word here means to proclaim divinely inspired. To proclaim divinely inspired. What's that mean? Same thing it says in the book of Acts. Chapter 2, where it talks about the great outpouring. And it says your young men and your handmaidens, the young ladies, it says different things about them being gifted and powerful. But it says that they would, you know, they would prophesy. That doesn't mean necessarily predict. Of course not. Or, or even stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have a word from God. It doesn't always mean that. In fact, in this context, it seldom means that. It means to be divinely inspired to proclaim the truth. It could be a little utterance for a neighbor or someone you're visiting that all of a sudden this gift in you motivates you to want to give them a word to help them. Sure. But it, most of the time, it means God has inspired some of us to actually be like preachers. Did you know not all preachers live in the pulpit like I do? Oh, no. Now, I know that I'm called to be a pulpiteer, liked it or not. Isn't that strange? I'm the kid that, seriously, all the way up until the 11th grade, I would not stand in front of my class and even read an article that I wrote on a piece of paper that all I had to do is read it. <clears throat> Amen. And I had a teacher once, her name was Mrs. Morrison. I, she's probably in heaven by now because she was elderly then. <clears throat> For some reason, she believed in me. I don't know why. But uh, I remember in our class, it was time, you know, you know, you studied, and she taught how you put things together in literature class. And we were putting some things, and then we come together, and for one whole day, uh, I think it was one whole week, each class, different kids got up and they read what they wrote and it came down to my time and she said Mark Barkley it's come up here so I folded up my stuff I went up and walked right past her went out the door and went home 
So she called my house. What are you doing? I said, I am never, I'm not going to stand up in front of anybody and say anything. And I remember what she said to me. I don't know if she knew it by God or she just was encouraged. I don't know. But in the 11th grade, this woman said, you listen to me, young man. You are talented. Something is in you. And one day you're going to be talking to many people. So you better get a grip on this thing right now. Well, man, are you kidding me? I shunned her, man. Yeah, yeah, okay, old lady, whatever you say. And uh, I was scared to death to get up in front of everybody. But isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing that now that's what I do more than I do anything else is get up in front of people and divinely proclaim the truth in friendly and to unfriendlies. Amen. Now, not all people are called to the pulpit. But uh, some people, you get around them, they preach. You, they get inspired. They'll inspire you. Amen. I, I met people, they're in the contracting trades or they're in computers. And man, if you just spark them a little bit, it, they're like gas, man. It just, it flares and away you go. And they're off and running. And they will preach, man. You might as well just say, here, stand up. Here's the pulpit. Get going. And it's just like no matter what. So you could be gifted by God to proclaim truth. And just it constantly, that's where you always end up. That's where you always end up. That's where. Before I knew I was going to be a preacher, my friends started calling me the preacher. I never knew I was going to be, at that time, called to preach. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to study the Word of God. He comes Sunday. Woo! We need the gifts of the Spirit to flow through your life in this dark day so you have supernatural, God-given power to touch and help other people. Amen. You know what the Lord is saying? If you love me, then when I go through all this for you, do something with it. You do something with this to help somebody else. Turn with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The flowing of the gifts of the Spirit. It is not the assignment of God for every ministry to be good at everything or involved in everything. Can you say amen on it? Praise God, everybody. Doc Barkley again. Thanks for being part of the broadcast. I hope you caught the whole thing. And uh, if not, whatever part you caught, I pray it was a blessing to you because we worked so hard to bring this to you. We really do. And it costs a lot of money. And so our partners, you can become one if you want. Our partners really help us pay for this. And you can sow any seed. You can be a constant partner and be a blessing that way. Or just ever so often as you feel led or even right now, put something in the mail, jump online. You can give online at our website. I want to make sure you get the series. Uh, so you can just keep studying it over and over again. Ignorant no more. That's what the Holy Spirit said. And he said it to the church people, let's not be ignorant of spiritual things, especially living today. I mean, you're living in the last of the last days. There's a dark cloud, there's a glory cloud, there are angels active, there are demons active, there are people who you can trust, there are people you better stay away from. And so how do you, how do you navigate this? We're gonna help you, I hope we are helping you. Get this series, you won't regret it. We're praying for you, Please pray for us. 
please send an offering to help us preach. And whether you do or not, we love you. Come visit us at Living Word. And I plan to see you on the next broadcast. It's going to be just as powerful as the one we just did. Amen.